Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Hey everybody, it's Dave here with The Real Forno. Tyler, how you doing tonight? You know, Dave, life is good. Just uh, I got a couple pieces done here uh, for my Skull Search series. Uh, Rashad Bateman, scouting report just dropped today. Spoiler, he is my wide receiver, too, in this class. And I have a Senior Bowl uh, Risers and Fallers article coming out that pertains specifically to prospects that I think will uh, be intriguing for the Minnesota Vikings. So it, be on the lookout for that, and I'm ready to do some mock drafting tonight. Well, let's get started then. I assume we're sp- picking as the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I, I sure would hope so. It'd be interesting doing it another way, but hey, we'll go four rounds. And we go normal. And right. let's start this draft. Zach Wilson goes first. Interesting. The board's kind of falling exactly the way uh, we think it might. Oh, and here we go with our first trade offers. First, That's not giving us enough capital to move down five spots. Oh, no. I would want a three. Okay, second one. Ooh. We get a first and a second for our first. That one's interesting. Let's look at the other one before we – and then we'll come back to this. And from the Raiders, a first and a first. I think we should we should entertain the Steelers' offer. Pick fourteen okay. is not necessarily a great spot for what the Vikings need and kind of how the board normally falls. Getting that second round pick for how many holes this team has in the little cap space it's too hard to pass up. Let's okay. go. All right, we accept this and we fall. Woo! And they took Rashawn Slater, so that's kind of perfect. I really don't have any interest in Rashawn Slater. Oh, we're up again, and we have offers. First from the Chiefs. They anticipate them winning the Super Bowl. Their first and their third for our 24th. Not a bad offer. Falcons, second, fourth, and fifth. No. And uh, Saints, their first, a fourth, and a seventh the next year. Seventh the next year. What do you think, Dave? I'm I'm kind of leaning towards thinking about this Chiefs offer. You get that extra third. That that would give the Vikings a first, a second, and three thirds. Right, but I wish. I wish we could see who's on the board. But all right, let's take it and let's see what happens. We'll pull in yep. a Rick Spielman trade down. 
All right, here we go. Picks offering. If we want to move back up, move up to 26th, giving him 118th. Number I'm good. Let's stay at 32. At this point, we've got we've got this glut of picks. Let's use it. Okay. And more and more. All right. Jets offering. No, that Jets no. offer. No. It's a good offer, but I'm not interested. <laughs> As Rick Spielman builds up to his 20 picks. Well, yeah, no. Let's, <sighs> let's make the pick here at 32. Okay. All right. Who do we have on the board? Available players. Oh, I wish we could move this up. Trey Lance, still available. Okay. Trevor Jenkins, Tra- Liam Eichenberg. Liam Eichenberg. Jalen Phillips is a really intriguing player. Five-star, uh, committed to UCLA as an edge prospect. And then he kept getting hurt, transfers over to uh, Miami, Florida. And he takes over for Rousseau when Rousseau opted out. And uh-huh. he's... Got every tool, but only really one year of production. And he does have that major injury history. So that's kind of the, well, the big says, concern. Ankle wrist and concussion. Mm-hmm. And we know concussions can build up and shorten a career in a heartbeat. Yeah. And especially when you're playing in the trenches. I I don't think the Vikings will kind of value him necessarily at this spot. Uh, especially just with how they've how they value edge prospects. They they want those high upside twitchy athletes that you can take later and develop and try and make into great players. Uh, wow. Kind of taking a look at the board. Man, this board did not fall very well for the Vikings. Mac Jones, um, well. <laughs> if, per scuttlebutt of today, we trade Kirk Cousins, to if you San trade Francisco. Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance is a no-brainer. Yeah. I think Trey Lance right now is the number two quarterback on my board. He has every tool that you can want in a quarterback. He's great on the move. He's an excellent runner. He throws the ball uh, with accuracy, with touch, and he's got a rocket. So big issue with him, he only has one year he's of production. Yeah. He's raw. He's going to need time. But when you play in an offense like the Vikings currently have, it's okay to be a little bit raw and to rely on that running game while he develops. So uh, for the sake of kind of what's going on right now, let's take Trey Lance. Let's kind of see what happens with the rest of this draft. I think the fact that, uh, that he's still here is a blessing. Uh And to Nick, Ojolari is a really good player. The Vikings will not take him. He's too small and he, and he's just not going to be what they value at the edge position. Barmore. I think they very well, well, could target at the end of trading back at this spot. They just don't value those offensive linemen. Or, sorry, defensive linemen. Okay, here we go. Dropping down from 38 to 56 and pick up another fourth. So Spielman will I don't, own all the fourth round. No, we would be giving up that fourth. Oh, yeah. Let me read it. So, I'd, for us to move up into this spot. I don't know if there's a, enough on the board... Uh, to make giving up a fourth worthwhile. What are you thinking here, Dave? No, I want to see how the board falls. We're too early into the mock draft season to be 
knowing how the boards traditionally fall to know where we want to, who do we want to target and where we want to move up. Mm-hmm. Especially after this week having been the senior bowl. Right. There's a lot of stuff changing right now. I see Mac Jones is still up there, but he should be in my books. Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to move the needle unless you're maybe a team like the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. The Colts, if you put a capable quarterback there, I think you're going to be feeling pretty good because that the rest of that Colts team is set up really well. Great defense. They've got the running game. They have the offensive line. You get a weapon or two and a consistent quarterback, and you're looking Super Bowl run. Okay. Here we go. Uh, not picking a running back. Landon Dickerson, interior O-line. Now six here's the thing with Dickerson. 326. He's really good. He's got good movement skills. He's got power. But as you can kind of tell there, he's he's not necessarily the best zone fit. And he's had multiple major knee injuries. Oof. As you can tell there, torn uh-huh. right ACL, multiple ankle injuries, damage to left knee, which we believe is an ACL as well. He's too big of a risk, and he's not the scheme fit. And I think the Vikings, at this point in the draft, are going to want to take scheme fit guys and don't want to take risks at guys who aren't uh, going to fit the scheme. Okay. Uh, Jay Tufale, I always butcher that name. He's a really intriguing interior defensive line prospect. I think the Vikings could value him, especially uh, because he's going to play a little bit more of that three technique. He can play a little bit of nose, but you're going to want to – mainly uh, utilize him as a as a pass rusher from that three technique position. Uh Levi Onruzarike uh, out of Washington had a great day one at the senior bowl and then he got hurt. He has an incredibly explosive first step. He's a he's a physical player. He's a little bit on the small size you can see at 290. But I think that he can be a really good defensive tackle as well at the next level. Honestly this position, it's it all depends on kind of what what your preference is. Like when you go back to the board, Dave, we've got some good players as well. Carlos Basham is an intriguing one, but I don't think the Vikings will value him. Creed Humphrey is a fun one. Uh, he is a, he's a left-handed center. Kind of had a a frustrating senior season. Feels like he's been at Oklahoma forever, but he went into Mobile and he played extremely well, both at guard and center. He was able to maintain an anchor, use, uh, use great hands, that being able to defend those pass rushers. So he would be an interesting pick here. Uh, you know, being that I am the president of guards don't matter, I feel like <laughs> round two, late round two is a fine spot if you've got a really, really good player. Like The majority of uh, guards that are in the, that top mm-hmm. 10 pay, uh-huh. um, it's that – only three of them are in the top 10 that were drafted in the first round as far as top 10 paid guards. So I'm thinking here, we, we kind of go a different route because we've taken on Wuzurike before. Let's take Jay Tufele and let's, uh, let's get him to clog the middle with Michael Pierce. Okay. I like that. A good three technique. Here we go again. We have 
Saints offering their second round pick for one of our thirds and fourths. Hmm. That is a hmm. It's weird because the Saints are usually trying to give up picks, not take them. Right, because I didn't, they've got their issues. Yeah, I didn't really see the board being as such where we need to really focus on a trade-up, so I'm going to decline that offer. Okay. Kind of the Bills. same thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to decline. There's just not enough on the board to really force us to want to make that jump. The Jags. Still no. I think it's great what this mock draft machine does, and it, it gets, like, auto, auto-generates auto trades, but... Uh-huh. Four in the last seven picks. Come on, guys. We're saying no. Although a six to move up 12 spots at this point isn't really too bad. Okay. All right, here we go. Asking for our pick. We're on the clock. A third and a seventh. Uh, No. No. What's this one? Interesting. We get a four next year, but it's moving down 26 spots. Uh, That's too much. Okay. Go ahead and see who's on the board. All right. Let's scroll up and let's take a look at at the whole board. Okay. Peyton Turner is a guy that I had my eyes on in Mobile. He's like 6'5", 270. And he can play kind of – he's kind of like a tweener right now. He played a little bit of three technique. It was up, upwards towards that 290 range and then dropped down to 270 and played edge a lot. And he showed some versatility with his pass rush moves, being able to yeah, utilize a little bit of that, that speed and power. I think he could be a really good player. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the best tested athlete. Uh, so that, as far as what the Vikings would prefer to do, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be that guy, mm-hmm. but he's a really, really good player. Um, let, let's see who else do we have on the board. Quincy Roche is an interesting one, but he's going to be too small. Richie Grant, the safety out of UCF, I think is a guy that the Vikings will really target. He balled out. Immobile had multiple interceptions and one-on-ones. He was able to keep up with everybody, and I think he can he can really be uh, that true center fielder type and let Harrison Smith kind of do his thing as the gambling man. So I'm thinking I'm thinking Richie Grant is going to be the pick here, safety sounds, out of UCF. Sounds good. And we press on. All right, so we've got pick 90, and then we're back up at pick 95. All right. So right now, it's it's kind of screaming. We've got, we've got players at both the defensive line and at wide receiver. Tylen Wallace and Elijah Moore, I both really like a receiver. Amari Rogers, I'm going to delve into later this week. And he's a, he's a really interesting slot guy. Uh, 
Tyler Shelvin, if you want to continue to bulk up that defensive line, kind of like we did last week, right. Dave, just take a bunch of guys and get depth at the position. Shelvin is going to be a primarily nose tackle. Okay. And Michael Carter is a good player, but running back is not something that we're going to prioritize. Oh, no. I think if just looking at everything, they're – Patrick Jones, we can get in a few picks. I think if we're taking anybody right now, we're probably going to end up going a receiver. It's an incredibly deep class, and there's a lot of really good talent. Oh, wait. Nasser Dean's on the board. So we, we could take Nasser Dean, and we could kind of run like uh, like penny packages. We could get like multiple safeties on the field, and we could we could just have some fun. Nasser Dean is big enough where he could kind of play like an Antonio – or sorry, not Antonio, Anthony Barr role – where he's got that length, he doesn't have the size. He's only about 215. But Nasser Dean, I believe, is 6'4". So he, he's a long kind of length 6'3", 213. Obviously room to bulk up. Yep. Um, and I heard a, a really interesting comp when it came to uh, Nasser Dean. Okay. Cam Chancellor. I don't think he's necessarily that physical of a player, but he's going to be better in coverage. So I'm thinking we take Nasser Dean and we kind of play or press our luck with the receivers at 95. And I think if you want to move on from Harrison Smith, Nasser Dean and Richie Grant are a nice kind of yin and yang safety combo where they kind of give you a little bit of everything that you're looking for combined at the position. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. 
Okay, Nasir al-Din it is. And then the hope is one of Tylen Wallace, Amari Rogers, and Elijah Moore is still there. And it happened. So we got both Wallace and Amari Rogers. Now, Amari Rogers is going to be more of that shifty guy. Tylen Wallace, I absolutely loved watching his game. He is he is a downfield threat. He okay. basically played he played in the air raid kind of system at Oklahoma State. Ran pretty much a couple routes. He ran little bubble screens, goes, hitches, and like double moves. Didn't really do a whole lot. So he's going to need some time to develop a, a true route tree at the next level. He has uh, competent enough speed, and then he has really good quickness off the line of scrimmage to be able to stack the corner and get separation that way. Amari Rogers, kind of think of like. If you remember what Percy Harvin was able to do for Minnesota, and I have some of those same elements. He's a a quick twitch guy. He's great out of the slot. He's excellent in the open field. Uh, You're going to want to just get him some touches in in the running game, jet sweeps, reverses, bubble screens. You're going to want to force feed him the ball. I think long-term, Tylen Wallace is a better player. And with the versatility that this Vikings receiver room has, you're going to probably want to put uh, Adam Thielen in the slot here, kind of like Larry Fitzgerald was here within the next couple years. Let's get Tylen Wallace, have him opposite Justin Jefferson, utilize him as that really big deep shot guy. And then you can can have J.J. doing all these kind of fun like little whip routes and stuff. Right, and Keenan McCardell can raise these guys the way he wants to. And so we'll have three versatile top three mm-hmm. wide receivers. And I think Keenan McCardo is really going to be able to resonate with a guy like Tylen Wallace because Keenan McCardo kind of was Tylen Wallace. Like, that's a really good comparison. McCardo was very physical at the catch point, like small, kind of a little bit underwhelming as an athlete, but able to get the job done at a very high and effective level. Okay, do we want to move right. up 16 spots? What are we giving up other than that for, though, Dave? That's my question. I'm guessing well, we're giving up like 132 or something. 134. Uh, I don't think that's worth it. Nope. Decline. You're moving up 16 to then drop like 50. Yeah. My hope is that Patrick Jones makes it, but he probably won't. Osa. However, you pronounce his last name, the UCLA lineman. Oh, and he, he just went. Looks like he he just went too. Okay. Yep. All right. So, so take a look. Dalen Hayes had a really good Senior Bowl week as well. Uh, he he had this really cool aesthetic where like some guys will wear an arm sleeve. Uh-huh. Like he had like one of those Under Armour leg sleeves with okay. with just like short athletic shorts. It, it just looked fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Demetric Felton, if we didn't take Tylen Wallace, would be fun because he's a running back that he ended up just playing uh, mostly receiver in Mobile, yep. and I thought he was he was fantastic. Uh, let's let's see, we got we got Ronnie Perkins, a, a good edge player. Joe Tryon, I really like as well. We we've got our safeties. Yeah, we don't Rashad need safeties. Weaver is on the board. Um, you talk about Perkins, or yeah, per- we. I'm kind of leaning like we should think about Joe Tryon. 
Tryon's an athletic guy out of Washington. He played next to Anguzarike, who we've taken before. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think Tryon with a like, he's a little smaller, and as uh, Harris says, is probably going to want to play three four. But I think I think if he if he gains some weight, like it says, he can play defensive end. And I think he's he's kind of got a, a, an athletic profile that the Vikings want to value here at this spot, kind of like they did with Wanham last year. And I know we keep referencing Hunter, but Hunter is the prototype. He is yes. what the Vikings want to do with defensive end. Get a hyper-athlete that's raw, hasn't had a ton of production necessarily, and try and make him great. Mm-hmm. And I think Tryon, you get him to add 15 pounds, I think he fits that bill. Bill, okay. Let's go with him. On the board right, again. We're back, we're back up at 124. Let's Trey Sermon, that would make bit. Ted Glover happy. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, let's take a look at the live chat. I don't see Ted, so we're. Well, we're he's not, not on there, but I guarantee anybody from Ohio <laughs> State, he's happy. Um, yeah, Trey Sermon's a good player, but. It, I don't know. I and I, I kept beating the drum for my guy Kylan Hill in our past mocks, but I just I love Kylan Hill. He's such a good football player, um, but running back just doesn't make too much sense. Hey, there's my guy, one forty-five. Kylan Hill. Yep. Yeah, I love Kylan Hill. What about he Slayton? had a fantastic week? Slayton's a good player, but uh, one of the big things with Slayton is he had a very inconsistent career at Florida. I kind of. Their defensive tackle situation was really not great, and Slayton didn't really get a chance until late in his uh, career there to really get some good playing time. Uh, he's a he's a really big guy who yeah. kind of plays a, who plays a little bit more like a three technique, but he weighs like three fifty. He won't play much on third down or in passing situations. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Who else we got? Let's go back up. There were some good edge rushers around here. I saw Rashad Weaver was still on the board. Uh, we got Ellerson Smith, the, Minis- the Minneapolis kid from Northern Iowa. He had a really good week in Mobile, and he needed it after not being able to play this year. As did Jonathan Cooper. but Good size. Very good size. He was able to win with power. He was able to win off the edge. Um, he's he did a really good job utilizing his hands and just trying to trying to fight with with offensive linemen. And I really liked that. I like this um, discipline when playing his keys against the zone read. That's good. Oh, absolutely! Discipline is a big thing, and. I don't think Smith is going to necessarily wow you as that athlete, but I think he's going to be a really good player. And right now in round four, you're going to get one of two types of players. You're going to get hyper athletes who didn't produce at all. That are or, all. Or, yep. Yeah. Or those guys who have big red flag issues, or you're going to get hyper productive who aren't great athletes mm-hmm. because while production is a good thing and you never want to necessarily say it's bad production doesn't always translate to the next level. And you learn that pretty fast. I think 
probably the best pick right now is going to be Rashad Weaver, Pittsburgh. He he showed a lot of good bend and and quickness at the Senior Bowl, able to get around tackles. Um, as it says right there, is kind of, he, he's kind of a savvy, mm-hmm. savvy kind of guy. Um, I I really like him, and. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a really successful player and a, potentially a starter for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, we'll overhaft him. And if not, just a rotational piece that helps. Absolutely. Rotational talking- pass rushers are huge in today's NFL. All right. Taking our fourth for or – offering their fifth and a fifth the following year for our fourth. No. I'm going to say no because we did that. We traded a uh, fifth last year to get a fourth this year. Let's use these picks and let's let's try and get some players help this year because this year's team needs it more. Okay, here we go. So the board's a little weird. We obviously we obviously doubled up at safety already, so safety's off the board. We've got we've gotten a couple defensive linemen, but that doesn't mean we still can't go that route. Uh, Dalen Hayes is a guy that really intrigues me. Uh, Shaka Tony doesn't. He had a really rough week and showed that I don't think he can be a 4-3 defensive end, and I don't think you're going to draft his type to play that 4-3 weak side linebacker. He's just a hyper athlete. Anthony Schwartz is intriguing. He's He's got, like, Tyreek Hill kind of speed. He Like, if you remember watching Michael Bennett in, like, 2001, mm-hmm. just in, running in a straight line, he's great. But... You know, he's he's raw everywhere else. In the open field, he's he's awesome, but he's small, doesn't have an expansive route tree, isn't going to necessarily be the most physical player. Which, as a speed guy, you don't—it's not a necessity, but you'd like to see that. Um, gosh, this is a this is a really tough one. We, we could go receiver again. This receiver draft is just ridiculous. We could do running back. Slayton. Let's uh-huh. take one more look at Slayton because I think Slayton could be a fun option here because he is probably going to be projected in size. That two down lineman, get a, a backup that's not Shamar Stefan for Michael Pierce, and then try, and to, try to develop him. Have, give him to Andre Patterson because he's got kind of that uh, raw – Raw athletic ability for to back up Pierce, yeah. And we we need players that are NFL caliber defensive linemen. I think that could be Slayton. Okay, let's go to get a guy to get a guy like him at one thirty four, who you think can uh, be a decent producer. I think is a good thing. Yeah, because I'm worried about Pierce. Uh, One of the reasons. The Ravens let him go that last year. Was he came into camp heavy, and now yeah. that he's taken an entire year off, I'm curious mm-hmm. of what sort of shape he's in. I can't remember what he said he did if it was CrossFit or something else, but he's he found something to try and stay in shape. shape. That was a little off the cuff because it as as you can imagine, you know, I know you're not in Minnesota, but gyms have been closed throughout the majority of the pandemic, and it's been very frustrating. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, pick 142. Let's take a look at some of this. Hey, we got our first corner. Who's at the top of the board right now? 
Right now we have running back Chuba Hubbard. Ah, uh, Chuba. Yeah, Chuba's fine, but uh, he reminds me of Michael Bennett, as yeah. I kind of mentioned earlier, but he's just not that fast. He's just kind of a straight-line guy, doesn't have a lot of wiggle to him. Uh, he can run through tackles, but he should have come out last year when he had 2,000 yards in 2019. I think he would have made himself some money getting drafted in a round two, but now he's he's a day three guy to me. we got more wide receivers. Yeah. I think right here you can look at two guys really pop out to me, a wide receiver. Shai Smith and Josh Imaterbebe, uh, the Illinois kid. So Shai Smith is incredibly quick with his feet. He runs really crisp routes. He gains separation, uh, but he he oh, didn't short, really. Uh, he, yeah, he is short too. He didn't really get a lot of production. Um, had some concentration drops in college, but he wowed at the Senior Bowl. And Imater Bebe will jump out of a gym. He's he's a hyper athlete. He's he's a transfer from USC, and. He's going to be fantastic in those jump ball situations. And like like it says right there, developmental starting X receiver. X receivers are hard to come by. And I think this could be a really nice flyer because you get a hyper athlete and you can kind of teach him position. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, starting or getting a lot of meaningful snaps with how much his offense uses tight right. end. He can grow. Yeah, and he can get Chad Beebe off the roster. So right. let, let's take Imrater Bebe and let's kind of just go with it. Um, I did look at uh, Gillespie, uh, the Missouri kid. I thought he was a really good player. But with the two, two safeties already, I'd rather uh, get the two wide receivers. And I think we ended up with a really good haul here in the first four rounds. Yeah. Taking it all I, on the screen. He is – He's not going to end up making it to 32 uh, unless something happens. But Trey Lance, getting him at 32, then you get three straight defensive players, Tufele, Grant, and Cyril Dean. You get Tylen Wallace and Imrata Bebe, Joe Tryon, Rashad Weaver, Tadaryl Slayton. I think we did a lot for this team. I don't think we can really expect these guys to be massive contributors year one. But it just feels like as much as we wanted – uh, 2021 to be the year feels like maybe that year is going to be 2022 right. you throw these guys out there with all the talent that's already coming back give them s- meaningful snaps give them time to develop and i i think if you hit on half of these guys genuinely hit on half of these guys and half of these guys can be real contributors for this team moving forward i think you did a fantastic job because you can't, in all reality, expect all these guys to be really good players at the NFL level. You hit on four or five of them, that makes a massive difference. You're doing pretty good, yes. Forward. Yes. Um, the kind of general rule that I heard earlier today that made a lot of sense, and I think it was Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network, whose simulator we're using that said it, was you're going to hit on about 60% of your first-round picks. And if you're hitting at 60% of your first-round picks, it's looking more like 40 on your second-rounders. Right. Probably it like goes down to that curve. Third. Yeah. Absolutely. So if out of these nine picks in the first four rounds, if you had on five of them, you're doing a fantastic job. Cool. And if you can get five of these guys to be good players, 
we're sitting pretty good. Cool. All right. Well, then that'll wrap it up. Mock Draft version 5 is in the books. How do you think we did, everybody? We didn't get that offensive line, the guy that could play guard, but hopefully we got that in uh, free agency. We'll see. Any last words, Tyler? Uh, not really. Just make sure you're looking out for my stuff that I'm going to try and have stuff coming out every day, Monday through Friday, for climbing the pocket. I do have that uh, Senior Bowl risers and fallers list. Who And there were a couple really good offensive linemen that the Vikings could end up landing on day two that you'll want to keep your eye on. Uh, the simulator, I don't think, is fully updated yet for a couple of those positions. So just make sure that you're you're keeping those eyes out because there are a lot of really good players that can be taking down that D2 range that can make a big impact. Cool. With that, I want to say good night to everybody. Thanks for joining us, especially Nick and um, Viking Jerome. We'll see you next week for Mock Draft Mondays. Hope you stay safe. Hope you stay healthy. And as always, go Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Go, everybody! Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.